Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome, welcome to Trashy Divorces, everybody's favorite good podcast about bad relationships. My name is Stacy. Hey friends, I'm Alicia. Thank you so, so much for joining us. We are back for a whole new season of Trashy, season 20, May Commence. Yep. In today's tale of marital misadventure for y'all, I'm bringing you Christina Ricci, child star, some complicated relationships, one very, very messy divorce. And it's October, so one time Wednesday Adams. You got it. It really fit in with the flavors of fall theme mm-hmm. we have going. Before we begin our episode today, I do have this magic mirror here. We have some tremendous thanks to give to our newest supporters over at patreon.com slash trashy divorces. Thanks so much for joining us there, Ursula, Ann P, Chris W, Jamie B, Jennifer S, Little Red Hat, Jessica T, Tanya M, Jaya A, Lori, Kelly H, and our very newest super supporter, Trina. Holy cats, thank you one and all. Absolutely. For showing your support over there. We can't tell you how much we appreciate you. And how excited we are to be back with you for season 20. That is exactly right. Just a little bit of a protect your heart warning. There are issues of domestic violence in this story. I'm going to give you a heads up when we get to those. And if you perhaps know anybody who is needing some assistance with a domestic violence situation, be sure to refer to our show notes. We are going to put some links and numbers down there so you have the resources in your back pocket to be able to help you or anyone else in that particular situation. Just wanted to give y'all a little heads up on that if you are sensitive to that particular topic. And without further ado, let's kick off season 20. Stacy, what do we got to do? We've got to go, go, go. All right, Alicia, let's kick off season 20. We have been watching Christina Ricci since she was a young child. She became a household name when she took the character of Wednesday Adams and made it iconic in 1991. Christina did successfully make the transition from child actor to teen actor and eventually adult actor, which is not an easy feat. Not at all. She's now starring in the hit show Yellow Jackets on Showtime, for which she was nominated for a Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Drama Series in 2022. Christina also recently appeared on Netflix's hit Wednesday, starring Jenna Ortega as the titular character. Ricci made her fans happy when she played a teacher on the show about the character she made famous back in the early 90s. It It, was kind of a nice moment. It was great casting. Wednesday was super fun. It really was a fun show. The Netflix show has renewed the popularity and interest in Wednesday and, of course, in Christina Ricci's portrayal of her. It was over 30 years since 
She was first a sensation in her breakout role of the very smart, witty, yet oh-so-dark character. Christina Ricci says, I am still uncomfortable with the fame-oriented aspect of all of this. I've been told I need to get on TikTok, which I don't want to do. I'm a 43-year-old woman. What am I going to do? Videotape myself doing laundry? (laughs) Over the course of Christina Ricci's long career, she has been romantically linked with many people. She has found a few long-term relationships. Some ended well. Others, mm, not so much. Christina recently has had a very ugly divorce from her first husband. She is now married again, and we are all hoping that second marriage is full of joy. But for our purposes today, we're here to talk about that first one. Mm-hmm. Let's get into it. Christina Ricci was born February 12, 1980. This would make her an Aquarius. She was born in Santa Monica, California, the youngest of four kids. Even though she was born in California, her family does move to Montclair, New Jersey when she's a young girl. Her mother, Sarah Murdoch Ricci, was a former Ford agency model who was working in real estate while raising her kids. Fantastic. Christina's father, Ralph, was somewhat of a jack-of-all-trades. Before becoming a lawyer, Ralph was a gym teacher, a drug counselor, and a primal scream therapist. Quite the resume. Before becoming a lawyer? Correct. Okay, that's a trajectory. So primal scream therapy, if you're Mm -hmm. like, what the heck is that? Primal scream therapy works off this belief that neurosis is caused by the repressed pain of childhood trauma and that screaming can help resolve that pain. Recently on the Jess Cagle radio show, Christina talked about the experience of listening to her dad have primal therapy support groups in their home. Oh, boy. In the evenings. Wow. Just nighttime. Like, kids sit down and do your homework. and So, Dad worked from home. Dad worked from home. So nice. Can you imagine? My primal scream therapist father works from home. This is so exciting. No, in the evenings and hearing people screaming obscenities Mm -hmm. and insults. Christina also made it clear in this interview that primal scream therapy just to let everybody know is not sanctioned or a licensable field to practice. Christina goes as far as saying she feels her dad did it in order to start a cult. That was his big dream. Okay. Well, you ready for this weird, Uh, not fun fact? Christina's dad eventually got about 30 people to follow him in his wannabe cult. Screaming all the way. Something like that. When our dear Christina was just eight years old, she was discovered by a local theater critic while performing in a school play. Like so many other kid actors, after that, she'll start acting in commercials, but it doesn't really take her very long to jump into movies. When she was just nine, whoa, Christina was cast in the film Mermaids in 1990 with previous TD alum Cher, and Winona Ryder. Hmm. Can you imagine that's your first acting break with Winona Ryder and Cher? Nope. Christina will win a Young Artist Award for Best Supporting Actress for her role in Mermaids. From this point on, Christina's career trajectory is up, up, up. 
The following year, 1991, Christina stars as Wednesday Addams in the film Adaptation of the Addams Family, alongside her all-star cast of Angelica Houston, Raul Julia, and Christopher Lloyd. The Addams Family was an enormous box office hit, although the critics weren't quite as generous. However, Christina Ricci's performance as Wednesday stole the show. She stole the film. Yep. And her performance has become one of the most iconic performances from a child actor in recent history. Here's kind of a fun fact. It turns out that Christina Ricci was the favorite among cast and crew on the set of The Addams Family. Director Barry Sonnenfeld told The Hollywood Reporter about Christina Ricci. Whenever the cast had a problem, they would go to Christina Ricci because she was the most articulate and intellectually gifted of any cast member. At the age of what? 10. (laughs) 11. Okay. Sonnenfeld will explain about a specific incident where the cast had all agreed after a table read that the ending of the film was terrible. I'm sorry, no spoilers. If y'all haven't seen The Addams Family, I'm sorry. It's 40 years old. I can't can't help (laughs) you. But the original script was written that Uncle Fester would turn out to be an imposter and not the real Fester. So this is what Barry Sonnenfeld says. She went on for 10 minutes explaining why it had to be the real Fester. Then I said, give us a minute. Producer Scott Rudin, co-writer Paul Rudnick, and I went into the corner and I said, I think she's kind of right. (laughs) And Rudnick and Rudin agreed. Then I asked Chris, do you care if he's the real Fester or the fake Fester? And he said, meh, I don't care. And it turned out to be the right decision. The Addams Family was named the best horror film of 1991 by the Horror Hall of Fame, and its strong box office success persuaded Paramount Pictures to make a sequel, Natch. Addams Family Values was mm-hmm. released in 1993 and opened at number one at the box office. Fantastic. Christina Ricci was in more than 20 films just throughout the 1990s. Hmm. She starred in a string of hits, including... One of my favorites, a lot of my favorites, actually, Casper. I loved Casper. (laughs) Now and Then, That Darn Cat, The Ice Storm, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, 200 Cigarettes, and Sleepy Hollow. Hmm. Her career was thriving. But I need to let you know that Christina's family life was far, far darker. She has been very open in interviews about her childhood and how bad things actually were especially after her parents divorced when she was 13 years old. Christina says she was grateful for acting during that time because, listen, it was an escape from a horrendous childhood. Hmm. Escape and horrendous are both quote-unquote. Ricci will tell Entertainment Weekly, When I first started, and still as adults, this career has always been an escape for me. As a kid, it was an escape from, like, a horrendous childhood, And just getting to go away, to be in hotels and be on the set and be with other adults and be valued. All the little things that are sort of negative about the industry and the career, they've always been things that I've just been like, well, real life is worse. So it sounds like her parents' marriage was probably rocky way before they split. It was pretty terrible. She's gone on a little further in other interviews and accused her parents of child abuse. Mm. Christina says she hasn't talked to her father since she was a teenager. Wow. Telling The Guardian. 
People write things like, Christina talks about the trauma of fame. It's like, no. When I am talking about childhood trauma, I am not talking about the trauma of fame. There's been childhood stuff, child abuse in my family. Going a little bit further in an interview with the Sunday Times, Christina explains, quote, I grew up in a very chaotic home. I was the youngest child. I was adorable and I learned very early on that my ability to be adorable could diffuse things or distract people. I don't feel the need to go into much more detail, unquote. Well, that's grim. While reflecting upon her time as a teenage actor, she admits that she was not always easy to be around. In March 2023, Christina Ricci tells Rolling Stone, I could have handled fame in a way that was less teenage. I always go too far. I never realize how awful a thing I'm saying is until someone else is like, what the fuck? (laughs) I was a bit of a dickhead. Ricci, though, has always been open about dealing with her anorexia, which she suffered from, as well as depression and anxiety during her teen years and early adult years, saying, quote, I had trouble processing my childhood and adjusting to being an adult. I had a lot of very feral moments. I was never clinically depressed. I would just joke that I wished it was worse so I could go to a hospital, have a fucking break, and I didn't have to make choices. Please take all my choices away from me. Unquote. Hmm. There's not a lot happy to say about no, that. No, and I'm... Cult it, leader, troublesome childhood. Sure. No, this is giving me a lot of insight into why she's so good in her role on Yellow Jackets, which is a deeply damaged person. Uh, Sounds like that's something she knows. Can tap into that. Let's go ahead and get to the section of the story that I like to call Learning All About Life from Johnny Depp. Oh, my God. One of our previous TD alums. Mm. It is on the set of Mermaids that Christina Ricci got some important information from Johnny Depp. When she was just nine years old and co-starring with Winona Ryder, Winona Ryder at that time was dating Johnny Depp. Christina Ricci tells Andy Cohen on his Sirius XM show, there was something going on on set and someone was not being nice to someone else. And they were like, oh, well, he might be homophobic. And then I was like, well, I don't understand what that is. And I was in Winona's trailer and she was like, I don't know how to explain So she put me on the phone with Johnny, and Johnny explained it to me. Johnny Depp was like, it's when a man wants to have sex with a man and when a woman wants to have sex with a woman. (laughs) Andy Cohen makes a wise observation when he comes back with this. I love that Winona Ryder had to put you on the phone with Johnny Depp to get that story, and she couldn't spit it out in some way. Or, I mean, you've got Cher in the next trailer. (laughs) (laughs) christina ricci acknowledged i know we should have run right over there yep yep (laughs) it would be several more years before christina ricci and johnny depp would be in a film together they would appear together in fear and loathing in las vegas in 1998 sleepy hollow in 1999 and the man who cried in the year 2000 It was in The Man Who Cried that Ricci had her first sex scene, which happened to be with Johnny Depp. It's a little lick. (laughs) Because they had known each other for such a long time, this was odd for her. 
She'll discuss this at the Venice Film Festival in 2000, saying, This love relationship is intense and strange. I've known Johnny so long. He's protective of me as an older brother, and it's weird to think of having sex with him. So we know enough about each other to laugh at it. He said it was like we were rooting around together like pigs. <laughs> Christina stuck with that pig analogy when she talked to Entertainment Weekly about the scene, saying it was a little weird. Anytime you're rooting around like two pigs in front of 20 men and women on a set, it's kind of bizarre, especially with someone you met when you were nine and he was 27. Yeah, I can see that. I do wonder, though, like, would it have been better with someone that she had just met on set? I, I don't know. Maybe maybe working that through with someone that you have an established friendship with might might be better. I don't know. She finishes her quote. But we get along so well that we could both laugh it off and say, this is really irritating. So if you go back in your trash candy brain, though, some folks may remember that there were some rumors about Christina Ricci and Johnny Depp dating back in 1999. This would be back when they were both on the set of Sleepy Hollow. This was particularly scandalous because Johnny Depp's girlfriend at the time, Vanessa Paradis, mm. was pregnant. Well, that's messy. The famous fix reported in 1999, quote, While singer Vanessa Paradis was at home in France preparing for the birth of their child next month, Johnny Depp was publicly canoodling with Christina Ricci at London's trendy Met Bar. Revelers watched amazed as the Edward Scissorhands star, 35, openly snogged Adam's family star, Christina, who at 18 is almost half his age. Apparently an onlooker told the press that the pair were quote-unquote all over each other like a rash as they kissed for over an hour. Neither Christina Ricci nor Johnny Depp ever confirmed that they had been romantically involved. Maybe they were just rehearsing for that later scene. For the rooting mm -hmm. around like pigs. That's probably what it was. Okay, so that's not great. <laughs> now is, though, a great time to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Christina's transition into being an adult actor and getting into some messy relationships. <laughs> we will see you on the flip. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. By the year 2000, Christina Ricci was 20 years old and crossing the bridge from child actor to adult actor with some success. Ricci has a lot of versatility as an actress, but we have seen her be drawn to some darker roles. Yeah. In the year 2001, she played the depressed and often destructive main character in Prozac Nation. But in 2003, she really showed her range and ability to tap into her darker side when she played the girlfriend of serial killer Aileen Wuornos in Monster alongside Charlize Theron. I had absolutely forgotten that she was in Monster. She was so good. They both were. They really that both was, were. That movie was so affecting. I've only seen it once. I it, saw it like in theaters. Yes. 
Christina Ricci was also in a lot of other indie films during that time that didn't gain the mainstream success, but were respected nonetheless. Good filmmakers, good films. She'll also dabble in television in the 2000s with recurring guest roles in Ally McBeal and Grey's Anatomy. But gradually, audiences started to see less of Christina Ricci. She still acted, but did fewer films, and some people in Hollywood actually thought she decided to take a break. She explained that she felt typecast from playing a quote-unquote cult character, so she had limited parts being offered to her. She'll also go on to say she was frustrated that she was never able to reach A-list status, which she thinks is because of her look. She'll tell an interviewer back in 2007, I'm 5'1 first thing in the morning, and I tend to look really small on camera. I can probably go as far as Holly Hunter went. Then I think that's going to be it. I have a feeling I am way too small. Hmm. Few years later, though, in 2010, she said that although she understood why Charlize Theron's performance in Monster got all of the buzz, it took a toll on her confidence when her performance was almost completely overlooked. But the industry's unrealistic beauty and weight standards at the time, she thinks, also contributed to that, saying, I like to think I also made a dramatic physical transformation, so it would hurt me a little bit. But from the very beginning, I understood it was Charlize's passion project. I took the part of Selby knowing that I was going to be a supporting part in that experience, so it never seemed weird to me at the time. I know that had I been thinner at the time my indie movies were hitting, I could have been in a much better position in my career. I have to say I still audition for movies. I don't really have as much control over my career as others would like to pretend that I do. I'm hoping that's changed a little. Again, this was mm-hmm. back in 2010. Yeah. By 2011, though, Christina Ricci, right, was visible again and appearing every week on ABC's Pan Am. This was a period drama about the pilots and flight attendants of Pan American World Airways sure. back in the 1960s. The television drama only lasted one season, but it got Christina Ricci back into mainstream acting, and she made a good friend. You ready for this? During the run of the show, Christina was roomies with one of her co-stars, newcomer to the stage and screen, Margot Robbie. Hey, Mm -hmm. she's had quite the career, Barbie. Christina Ricci told The Evening Standard in 2017, It was her first time in New York, and she was so beautiful. When I see a beautiful woman, I'm like, mimes jaw-dropping. Do you need anything? Can I get you anything? I'm like a dude when it comes to beautiful women. She was just so, so gorgeous. And she had such a great magnetic personality. I knew she was going to be a star. Called that one correctly. A hundred percent. But here's the thing. Margot Robbie helped Christina Ricci as well. So Christina Ricci has dealt with severe anxiety throughout her life. And she said that Margot Robbie's very cool and laid back energy help to calm her down. Margot tells Christina every time she starts to feel anxious, she should turn her focus and just stare at me. (laughs) Which, you know, it's not an unaffected trick. Margot Robbie's mesmerizing. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I've seen anyone just so physically beautiful since Sharon Tate. 
She is just beautiful. But Christina Ricci says this strategy helped, even if it was just because she was looking at an incredibly beautiful woman for a few minutes. Hey, whatever tricks you need. Yep. In 2014, Christina Ricci plays Lizzie Borden in the Lifetime film. Lizzie Borden took an axe. That role was so well received that Lifetime turned it into a limited series in 2015 called The Lizzie Borden Chronicles. Christina not only starred in the series, but was also an executive producer. A lot of really amazing success here. She was nominated for a Screen Actors Guild Award for Outstanding Performance by a Female Actor in a Miniseries or Television Movie for her portrayal of Lizzie Borden. Christina Ricci follows that up in 2017 with executive producing and playing my favorite girl, Zelda Fitzgerald, in Amazon Prime series Z, The Beginning of Everything. Sure. In 2019, Christina portrayed Nellie Bly in the television film Escaping the Madhouse, The Nellie Bly Story. Okay, Trash Pandas, I think that's career. Childhood, career, yes, we all agree, Margot Robbie is beautiful. (laughs) Let's get into the relationship parts now. Christina Ricci had a very, very messy relationship with Adam Goldberg. It is from 2003 to 2007 that Christina Ricci was in a relationship with actor, writer, and producer Adam Goldberg. In March of 2023, on Justin Long's Life is Short podcast, Adam Goldberg revealed some information about his relationship with Christina Need to let you know, they dated 20 years ago, but apparently Adam Goldberg is still pretty mad and upset about this. What did he have to say? Well, he starts, originally begins with this angry rant talking about his dog, whose name is Sheriff, but then it quickly goes into some kind of anger diatribe about his relationship with Christina Ricci. Okay, you ready? Here we go. He talks about getting close to his dog during, quote, a period which preceded what would eventually be her leaving me via a telephone call. I was basically booted out of this house. We'd just gotten together, and I took the motherfucking sheriff with me. Tough shit, unquote. So it seems like breaking up with Goldberg may have been the smart move here, but the relationship (laughs) at that point was not over because Adam Goldberg goes on, quote, Six months later, she wanted back in. It was truly a masochistic act. It was all ego. In fact, she had called me several times, and I ignored her, and I bought a house and got myself really back on my feet. Then she left again. This time, she let me pick her up from the airport, and she broke up with me on the way back from another job of hers. It was in traffic on the freeway. She wanted to wait until we got to the house because I knew something was up, but I was like, dude... It's going to take me 45 minutes to get home. And I was just like, unfucking believable <laughs> But I knew it. It was the same couple of weeks of, these phone calls are really weird, man. So I knew what was happening. Unquote. In case you were wondering, Christina Ricci is not the only ex that Goldberg has complained about. <laughs> Adam Goldberg went on to discuss his several years long relationship with actress and director Julie Delpy describing it as, quote-unquote, tumultuous and very fucking hard. 
Let's get Christina moving on from that. Yeah, that seems scoot, good. Scoot, scoot. Seems good. Christina Ricci, after her breakup from Adam Goldberg, was seen out with and rumored to be dating Chris Evans. This is back in 2007. The two attended the 2007 Met Gala together, but neither Ricci nor Chris Evans ever commented on or confirmed that relationship. Christina then went on to date Australian actor Kit Gurry from late 2007 until the middle of 2008. The couple meets on the set of the film Speed Racer. Doesn't last long, though, because in March 2008, things got a little more serious in her love life when she got engaged to actor Owen Benjamin. Hmm. The two begin dating while filming All's Fair in Love. They go public with their relationship in October 2008. Set the countdown, click, 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 because unfortunately, by June 2009, the couple announced they had called off their engagement. People talks to a source close to the couple who said, Owen had a birthday party this past Sunday and everything seemed fine. Sometime after, they got into a fight and decided to reevaluate things. Then the engagement was off. However, dot, 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 a different source told people that the couple had actually broken up before that party, saying, quote, they are still really close. They talk about it almost every day. It was a very mature decision, and they both felt good about it. They're definitely still friends, unquote. I'm never exactly sure how to take someone close to them saying, oh, they're still good friends. Maybe. Maybe that's Maybe. true. I just find... You know, breaking up is not the best friend builder, at least right away. Not exactly. Let's go ahead and get Christina to her first marriage by the year 2011. Okay. Christina met James Heardigan while filming Pan Am. James Heardigan was a dolly grip operator. And this was pretty quick. By February 2012, they announced they were officially dating by October 2012, Christina was seen wearing an engagement ring, but they did not confirm their engagement until the following year, February 2013. The couple married October 26, 2013 in New York City. That's lovely. That is lovely. That's a very special date to you and I. It is. Christina Ricci wore a Givenchy wedding dress, and the wedding took place at a mansion built in 1919, on Manhattan's Upper East Side. Before the wedding, Christina tells Us Weekly, I am excited to be with all my friends and family and just have a lovely night. I love so many things about James. He's my favorite person on earth. It won't stay that way. Yeah, sounds like. In May 2014, Christina announced she was pregnant and in August 2014, she will give birth to their only son, the couple purchases a Brooklyn townhome, two million bucks, and settles into family life. In 2017, Christina talked about how marriage and motherhood had changed her, telling the edit. Marriage shows you your flaws and how you deal with things, and having a child forces you to grow up at the speed of light. I am a completely different person now than I was before I had my child. Because I was so celebrated for being a child, I think I held on to that immunity for a very long time. It was the thing that made me special. Then at a certain point, like 35, 
it's not so special to be immature. This is true. It's true. There would be some adorable Instagram photos with sweet captions and some paparazzi shots. Maybe they're in an airport or walking on the city street, but here it seems like marital bliss. Couple, baby, everybody's pretty quiet. Everybody assumes things are going fine. My friends, they are not going fine. We're going to take a break here, and when we come back, we're going to talk about how fine they did not go. Back in a minute. All right, Alicia, so on the surface, everything looked good, but beneath the waves... It's not good at all. In July 2020, after seven years of marriage, Christina Ricci filed for divorce. And it was revealed in that filing that she had been granted an emergency protective order. That's terrifying. It turns out police had been called to her home the previous month for a domestic incident after which she filed for an order of protection against her husband, citing, quote, severe physical and emotional abuse. Hate to hear that. Yeah, friends, this is the domestic violence portion of the story. Important information, if this is where you need to exit the story, totally get it. Can't wait to see you back this weekend. Us Weekly did obtain and report on court documents where Ricci alleged that the abuse began, are you ready for this? All the way back in 2013, Mm. but had heightened in 2020 after the couple were forced to be together in a house during the quarantine. The restraining order required Heardigan to remain 100 yards from Christina and their son and their dog. This was a no contact. It was revealed in 2021 that some of her court declarations went into more detail regarding the reasons for the protective order. Ricci claims that the alleged abuse started when she learned of her pregnancy in late 2013, saying, quote, I began to feel extremely isolated. She'll then go on to describe a family vacation to New Zealand, where Heerdigan, quote, said something that made me think he could kill me, unquote. She will continue, He said the only way he could feel sorry for me is if I were dismembered into small pieces. Good Lord. Isn't this terrible? Yeah. That night I hid all the knives in the cabin where we were staying. I feared for my life and the life of our son. I slept in a separate bedroom with my son and I locked the door. Wow. Ricci goes on to allege that here again, quote unquote, brutally attacked her on December 16th, 2019. A few months later is when she will tell him she wants a divorce, but shortly after, COVID hit and she found herself, quote, stuck in the house with a man who had physically and emotionally abused me and I knew I wanted to end the marriage. And then COVID-19 pandemic lockdown began. Once the lockdown happened, the abuse escalated. What you will find is Domestic violence was very much the pandemic within the pandemic. The American Journal of Emergency Medicine said that domestic violence cases increased by 25 to 33% globally with the COVID lockdown. The National Commission on COVID-19 shows an increase in the United States by a little over 8%. Even before the pandemic began, your baseline Here was one in three women experienced physical or sexual violence, mostly by an intimate partner. 
So if your baseline is one in three, everybody's mm-hmm. at home together. Unfortunately, survivors say in self-reporting and from the World Health Organization and the UN, I looked up a bunch of these stats today, survivors unfortunately have limited information and awareness about available services or limited access to those support services. Again, from TDHQ, go to the show notes. There are resources out there. We always want you to feel safe in your own environment. Ricci, in her divorce filing, will get very descriptive. The details are disturbing, but in summary, she said that he, quote, focused solely on punishing and terrorizing me 24 hours a day. I was afraid to sleep. The night that she did finally call 911, which eventually led to that restraining order, Ricci said, he chased me through and out of the house trying to take my cell phone when I was trying to call 911. He grabbed my wrists and hands, dragged me, and slammed my body into the fire pit we have in our yard. I suffered cuts, bruising, and soreness of my hip, which still causes me pain today. Even more disturbing in the parts of these claims against Herdigan from Ricci is that he, quote, continues to threaten to abduct, unquote, their young son. This is just awful. It's harrowing. Yeah. Herdigan didn't let these allegations go unanswered for his part. He responded by filing for his own domestic violence protection order against Ricci. In his competing filing against her, Herdigan alleges that her violence was fueled in part by, quote-unquote, alcohol and substance abuse. With his attorney saying, Mr. Herdigan's papers will also reflect Ricci's attempts at coercive control through the use of the couple's six-year-old son. However, Ms. Ricci had a propensity to utilize the child as a pawn in order to punish and control James. My client unequivocally denies Ms. Ricci's allegations of abuse either in 2020 and or since the inception of the couple's marriage, as claimed in Ricci's moving papers filed yesterday. Ricci's request for a domestic violence restraining order is nothing more than Ricci's latest attempt to control James and interfere in his relationship with the couple's son, through the use of fabricated domestic violence allegations. think you'll all be happy to know that Heardigan's protection order was denied. <laughs> and eventually, Heardigan was allowed supervised visitation with their son. In January 2022, Heardigan claimed that he had, quote, exhausted his financial resources, unquote, and was roughly $65,000 in debt. Heardigan says this caused him to be unable to pay over $9,000 in divorce lawyer fees, claiming that he had spent almost $100,000, applying for a domestic violence restraining order against Christina Ricci to defend against her DVRO against him. I don't think the court charges you $95K for that. I think you'd just go down to the court and talk to the judge, right? I think there's a probably a filing fee involved. Hard to know. I don't Hard think it's $100,000. Here it again was requesting spousal support from Ricci and was asking for her to pay $50,000 to cover some of his legal fees. This request read as follows. 
James is in desperate need of a fee order as he no longer has any savings, including even his retirement, having depleted them for legal fees, rent payments, and security deposits. Absent a support order, James anticipates that he will soon be completely broke and is now floundering in debt. By the end of 2022, Christina Ricci and James Heardigan would finally come to an agreement and be able to finalize their divorce settlement in December 2022, more than two years after the original filing. That just seems exhausting. Yeah, that's also how you run up $100,000 in legal fees. According to court documents filed in the Superior Court of California, Los Angeles County, obtained by People, Ricci agreed to split any money they made from selling their Brooklyn townhome. Ricci would keep their Los Angeles home, plus royalties and residuals from her work. Ricci agreed to pay Heardigan a one-time payment of $189,687. It's a very precise number. It really I is, isn't wonder... it? Play that as a lottery number or something. Yeah, you wonder what items got tallied to <laughs> arrive at that. It's like a Price is Right game. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. Regarding the custody of their son, the couple will have joint legal custody and split physical custody, but Ricci retains primary custody and the power of tie-breaking authority on topics such as education, medical decisions, and day-to-day healthcare management. Ricci will also pay tuition for their son's private education and will cover all medical costs. Happily, there is no child or spousal support. Doesn't sound like she's relying on him for too much. No. A month prior to all of this being reported, Ricci spoke with the Sunday Times about the abuse in her marriage and finally resolving the divorce. Ricci says, I can't speak for everyone, but it took me a long time to admit to myself what was going on, what it should be called. Denial is very strong. Of course, you don't want to accept that the worst possible thing is happening and you put yourself in that situation. So it took me a really long time to realize that. I think it is important to say that I don't feel like a victim in any way. I don't feel sorry for myself. I don't even feel like saying, well, it's been a really hard road for me. Everybody has their personal issues and this has been mine. And it has been about finding my own self-worth and position and strength and power. I tell my story only because I know that, having been in situations like the one I was in, I searched for success stories. Stories of people who could get out, could get over it and just be okay. The fact that now I am in this place where I am so much better than okay That is my impetus for being honest about it. Today, I'm not ready to talk about it in more depth, but I do think it's important that we have examples for other women that as scary as it is, changing your life and saving yourself is the only choice. Good for her. Really good for her. It's a good message. Mm -hmm. It's a very good message. Ricci will also open up about the financial stress of the divorce as well describing the process as, quote, financial traumas, extended court situations, custody situations, fighting restraining orders. I learned to be a little bit more intelligent about my investments. She will go on to admit that she had to sell some of her belongings in order to pay for the legal fees. 
and will reflect on some unwise financial decisions when she was younger. I don't know if I'd call these unwise. I, you know, I'm a handbag. What? Yeah, I was gonna say, what'd she buy? Handbags, handbags. Uh huh. Richie says I burn a lot of money on bags and shoes and jewelry when I was younger. You know, coming from no money and suddenly having money. So that was a mistake. I don't buy a ton of fashion. There are certain things I have collected. Certain bags. Oh, this just goes to my heart. Wait, listen. I had quite a Chanel handbag collection for a while. But I sold a lot of things. Hmm. Good for you. You got to do what you got to do. But selling your Chanel handbag collection. I know this would break your heart. I would rather get out of that situation and sell those bags. But Uh I would hold it against that man (laughs) forever. Uh, Richie continues. Having said that, I'm doing absolutely fine. There's no issue. But I learned to use these investment pieces in different ways. I also had a Chanel fine jewelry collection that I put to good use. So all of that was fairly harrowing. Mm-hmm. Let's take a quick break. I don't want to leave you in a terrible spot because Richie is actually very happy now. Excellent. We have a second marriage. We have a lot of good things going. Let's take one more quick break before we come back to close out our season 20 opener. Excellent. We'll see you in a second. Oh, friends. So after all that, exhausting, painful divorce proceedings, all happening within her first marriage. Happily, Christina Ricci was falling in love again. Hmm. Shortly after filing for divorce from James Heardigan, Christina Ricci began dating celebrity hairstylist and makeup artist Mark Hampton. Hampton is an English bloke and has built a reputation for doing hair and makeup for Hollywood and fashion brands. In August 2021, Richie announced she was expecting a child with Hampton. She posted an ultrasound picture on Instagram with the caption, Life keeps getting better. Aww. Now, if you're listening to these dates, yes, friends, the timeline is a little blurry here. Because of the dates of her wedding to Hampton and divorce from here again don't really align, there could be a few explanations. Number one, Perhaps Richie was granted a legal divorce before the settlement was finalized mm-hmm. in December 22, or Richie and Hampton announced their marriage and had a wedding ceremony in October 2021, but didn't legally get married at that time. Whichever one is the case, in October 2021, Christina Ricci and Mark Hampton announced on Instagram they'd gotten married along with photos from the wedding. Happily, in that same year, December 28th, the couple announced their daughter had arrived, with Richie posting a photo and a caption about, We are so in love with her. She has the most incredible dad imaginable. New dad posted some pics and quoted to, My heart has exploded. (laughs) Mom and baby are doing fantastic. We're all resting after such an eventful morning. Welcome to the world, baby. I'm not mentioning your name. (laughs) Baby honestly has become a social media star (laughs) with a lot of people commenting on the resemblance between daughter and mom on baby's first birthday. Richie posted this little dream baby is one year old today. She's a gift from the universe broke our hearts open wide again. Recently though, Christina Ricci was a guest on Anna Ferris's podcast unqualified. And when she was asked about the first time she fell in love, this is what Richie says. She admits she doesn't really know, but would go on, saying, quote, 
I would say, and this sounds really annoying and cloying and stupid, but I would say the first time I really fell in love in a healthy way is probably this marriage that I'm in now. I think that a lot of my relationships in the past had a lot to do with unhealthy things that I was looking for. And I don't know if you can call it love, but I don't think things that aren't good for you should be called love. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Lots of good things happening. Unfortunately, though, for Christina, despite her current marital bliss, she is still burdened with her ex-husband's antics. Even as recently this year, June 2023, Richie asked for an emergency hearing after James Heardigan refused to let her bring their son on a trip to New York City, which he had previously agreed to. Richie's court document stated, quote, Jimmy's refusal to agree causes me concern because he clearly was being vindictive and retaliatory when he initially refused my request to travel for the additional dates. As recently as Monday, June 19th, 2023, Jimmy was agreeable to allowing our son to travel with me, but apparently he still wants to wait until our hearing to discuss it. So Ricci is in New York filming at this point, and she claims that Heardigan was doing this in order to impede her employment. Quote, I am concerned that if the hearing doesn't go Jimmy's way, he will renege. Jimmy's conduct is purposefully making me incur attorney's fees unnecessarily and may have an impact on my employment and professional reputation. Going on to add in her documents, I will also ask that the court consider retaliatory litigation conduct when making custody orders. This is the second ex parte I have had to file requesting I be permitted to travel with my son for work. This is number two, that first one, was when Heardigan, quote, reneged on his agreement to allow our son to travel with her to work in Canada, unquote. Ricci accuses her former spouse of having retaliated by filing his own ex parte, requesting that the court eliminate her tie-breaking authority on education. This guy won't give up. Ricci concludes with, quote, Jimmy seems to be far more focused on harassing and punishing me than on our son's best interests, unquote. So far, nothing has been reported on the status or resolution of that issue. My guess is the judge allowed her to make this perfectly reasonable trip. It's just a nightmare. It's mm -hmm. one of those divorces that just, like, we're divorced. Let's be done mm -hmm. with it. Please, cut the, cut the strings. Nothing's been reported on that, but we have heard from Christina Ricci. One other time, most recently back in September 23, just last month, where Ricci weighs in on the controversy mm -hmm. after it was revealed that Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher had written character letters in support of Danny Masterson. Sure. Danny Masterson, in his second trial, recently found guilty serving 30 years in jail for sexual assault. And they apparently, Ashton and Mila, did not realize that the court documents would become public at the end of proceedings, including their letters of what a great guy the now convicted rapist is. That's exactly right. I bring this into the story because our bonus divorce on Patreon this week, I am going to be talking about Bijou Phillips and mm -hmm. Danny Masterson. So just a little tie in here, but I thought this was really awesome of Christina Ricci 
coming back to make this statement on her Instagram story about this, finding out about these character letters. This was her response from Ricci, quote, So sometimes people we have loved and admired do horrible things. They might not do these things to us, and we only know who they were to us, but that doesn't mean they didn't do the horrible things, and to discredit the abused is a crime. People we know as awesome guys can be predators and abusers. It's tough to accept, but we have to. If we say we support victims, women, children, men, boys, then we must be able to take this stance. Unfortunately, I've known lots of awesome guys who were lovely to me, but have proven to be abusers privately. I've also had personal experience with this. Believe victims. It's not easy to come forward. It's not easy to get a conviction. It's a good statement. Very good statement. That, my darlings, is the very, very messy, trashy, trashy divorce Mm -hmm. of Christina Ricci. So glad she and new hubby and baby and family seem to be doing great. Her career is just going gangbusters right now, as far as I can tell. It's amazing. I love it when we get a happy ending around this place and we continue. That happy ending lasts forever. (laughs) As long as you're happy, Christina, really. Yeah. I don't need you to come back and put a spell on me during spooky season. I'm good. Best of luck to you, Big Mazel. As for trash cans, I think they all belong with Here It Again. Yep. That seems like a pretty obvious thing. I don't know how many trash cans. Oh, you know what I do know? 186,657. Or whatever that number was. (laughs) Sure. That's great. That is my price is right. Pull the lever on how many trash cans you get. That's good. I did not realize that she had been through such a such a difficult marriage. And I can understand. I mean, she is she's a celebrity. She's a right like the the mind game that I mean, just regular people have to kind of wander through to arrive at like, oh, my God, this is what is happening to me has to it just has to be a different level. Right. Like you have all this success. The public loves you. It just, it must be. But on the opposite hand, Richie's got cash, Mm -hmm. access to resources in a way that when we talk about regular people, people who aren't famous might not necessarily have. Yeah. It's such a, such a complicated and painful situation. Again, friends, familiarize yourself with local resources in your area. For victims of domestic violence, always like to have those on hand. Never know where they may come in handy. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to our kickoff of season 20. You're going to be back this weekend, I think, with a little real housewife action. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, I am. In the meantime, don't forget, you can always get extra episodes over at patreon.com slash trashy divorces. We are back in business with dumpster dives and bonus divorces gearing up for a pretty incredible season. Also, if you're looking to fill in your podcast listening on Thursdays, our new podcast, Trashy Royals, is going through the trashy Victorians. This week, our star, Princess Charlotte of Prussia. They are so trashy. The original Victorian mean girl. (laughs) 
That one was pretty fun. That'll drop for y'all tomorrow. I think that's it. I think that's the business. I think that's the business. Thanks for listening. Your kind reviews, all your support, being around. Mm-hmm. We've missed you. We have missed you. We can't wait to be back this weekend. And until we are. Friends, I hope that you will keep your hands clean. I hope you keep your hearts trashy. Absolutely. Big love, everybody. Bye. Bye. And thanks to you for listening. Trashy Divorces is a Hemlock Creatives production created and produced right here in Atlanta, Georgia by us, Stacy and Alicia, with a little research and writing help from the brilliant Melissa O. Our art is by Sydney V. Smith. That's Sydney V. Smith at CarbonMade.com. And our music is used with permission of Ratsy. Check her out at Ratsy's store on Instagram and definitely drop into Ratsy's store anytime you're in Oberlin, Ohio. You can contact us at TrashyDivorces at gmail.com or find us on the World Wide Web at TrashyDivorces.com. If you need more trash candy in your life, our Patreon community includes some of the very best humans around and thousands of hours of bonus content at every level of support. Join the fun at Patreon.com slash TrashyDivorces. Interested in some Trashy Divorces swag? Check out our merch shop and Trash Panda Enthusiasm Society at bit.ly slash trashy gear. Want to advertise with us? Reach out to sales at advertisecast.com for more information. And last but not least, come play with us on social media. I keep most of our Trashy Divorces Instagram hopping. Stacy and I share it up over on Facebook, including our Trashy Divorces podcast discussion group. Come join us over there and thanks again everybody for listening. Keep it trashy y'all.